0: Well, saints, as you can see, we are dedicating this afternoon fellowship to this matter of the practice of the personal fellowship with the Lord. The title of the outline is The Practice of Fellowship with God. And uh, the subtitle, How to Enjoy God in Prayer and the Procedures to Fellowship with God. Uh, I could tell you that uh, every point on this outline, although this was compiled by us, this was not composed by us. Uh, these, uh, every, every sentence was taken from uh, one of two sources, uh, two books that I'd like to recommend to you, and I hope that uh, if you have not gotten into these two writings before, uh, that maybe this uh, brief fellowship this afternoon would uh, serve as a kind of uh, appetizer to whet your appetite, to, to, uh, to get into this more, uh, and even as a little, I might say, teaser. Uh, because we're going to read some of the expressions uh, that, are, that are mentioned in that writing, and I hope this would draw you to, 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 to directly to those writings and you can get more. And they are, the first one is uh, this book, you might be familiar, How to Enjoy God, and How to Practice the Enjoyment of God. That's one title. Okay? That's one of our long titles. How to Enjoy God and How to Practice the Enjoyment of God. Okay? That's a green, green book. I think many of us are familiar with that. <clears throat> and then uh, the, the second writing is Lessons for New Believers. Lessons for New Believers. Now, we have a lot of material for New Believers. Uh, This is is by Brother Witness Lee, uh, not to be confused with Messages for Building Up New Believers, which is Brother Ni, or the New new Believers Lessons. Okay, This is a book, a 25-chapter book, called Lessons for New Believers. And I'm concerned that some among us may not have gotten into this book because it's entitled Lessons for New Believers. And, and, and we may have skipped over it, or uh, if, if in our shepherding of new believers we may have thought it's a little too long. So I think it's possible some of us may have overlooked this writing. And uh, the, the, the entire book is a gem. I, I really want to encourage you, talking about the church meetings and the I think in this book, Brother Lee says there are eight stages to a meeting, and I didn't know that. Did you know that? Eight stages to a, to a meeting. Uh, you can learn a lot of things, but I would like to direct you to the f- final five chapters, chapters 21 through 25, chapters 21 through 25. They are all, uh, each chapter is entitled the same way, The Practice of Fellowship. Part one. Then the practice of fellowship, part two, and so on. Uh, So, so five chapters in, in that book. In the first book, in the first book, How to Enjoy God, again, this book is a gem. Actually, this book is on eating the Lord. And this was the time that Brother Lee developed this matter of eating the Lord in 1958 in Taiwan. And we heard this testimony that as he gave those messages, there was reaction from the saints, because they had never heard. This was new and different. And some of the saints thought a little too much. And there was even resistance. Brother Lee experienced a little resistance uh, in his sharing of those messages. Uh, But again, even though the whole book is really uh, precious and nourishing, I would like to direct your attention to just two chapters. Chapter 5 and chapter 12. Chapter 5 and chapter 12. The first Roman numeral on, uh, on this sheet, on this outline that, that, that you should have with you uh, is all from How to Enjoy God. Okay, How to Enjoy God. This is a little excerpt of those two chapters. And then all the other Roman numerals, which are very short on the back side, uh, are taken from lessons for new believers. Now, of course, all of these points could be developed more. And there are seven chapters worth of ministry there. Um, so just for the sake of time, uh, you know, we, we only selected these few uh, points. Um, I would like to speak to you at the beginning uh, about a couple of principles. Uh, and they are mentioned here, they are highlighted here, uh, but I'd like, to, I'd like to draw your attention. David, is it okay if I write on here? Um, uh, I'll give you, maybe I could just give you these three, three words uh, to kind of guide the fellowship at the beginning. And they are here, at least the first two are here. And uh, th- this is kind of the, will be the, the focus of our, of our fellowship uh, at the beginning before we get to the outline. They are the first one is breathing, breathing, and the second one is being calm, being calm, and I'll I'll develop that and explain that, and then the third one, uh, kind of a different category and a help for both of these, is the matter of singing uh, the hymns. Singing the hymns. Or actually, I, I, maybe I should rather use the word using the hymns. Using the hymns. Uh, and again, I'll explain why, why I'm making a distinction between singing and using. Um, I would say that in my early Christian life, even before I came to the Lord's recovery, I think I mentioned last night that I was saved in the Brethren denomination. And there, even there, it was emphasized very much the matter of personal time with God. And so I picked up this concept when I was very young. And I believe among us in the Lord's recovery, we emphasize this matter very, very much. And I would say especially, especially since 1978. Especially since 1978. The reason I say that, uh, with that date, is that between 77 and 78, the churches in North America went through a very uh, big turmoil. And, and as a response to that, uh, Brother Lee, uh, I, I, was, I was still a teenager at the beginning. And by 78, I turned 20. Um, Brother Lee, his response to that was not to talk about the negative situation. But actually to minister something to the churches. And he traveled throughout the churches, throughout North America, visiting almost every local church. And these messages, most of them, or a good number of them, a good number of them, were published under the title Life Messages. Not Life Study, but just simply Life Messages. And uh, these messages are particular for a number of reasons, but one one reason is that at least this was the first time I saw it. Maybe you brothers saw Brother Lee do this before in other settings. This was the first time that I saw Brother Lee entertain questions in the meeting. So he would give a message, and instead of testimonies, he would ask, "Saints, have any questions?" And then he would just take a Q and A session. Oh, I was surprised when I was sitting in the and at that time I was in the in uh, in. Uh, Church in Irvine, and, and we'd go to Anaheim for all his meetings, and his sharing that day was on abiding, the matter of abiding. And a lot of these messages are in the matter of abiding, but, but his application was these three things, these three things: Read the Bible. Every saint must read the Bible. Secondly, secondly, confess your sins. Thirdly, personal morning watch. These three things he emphasized. If you read those messages, you'll see he's talking about abiding, but he tells people read the Bible. He's talking about abiding, he emphasizes confessing your sins. And then in many places he emphasized personal morning watch. Of course now, generally people say morning revival. Forgive me, I still like the phrase morning watch. I'm going to use morning watch. But It doesn't matter what you call it. It matters that you have that. And really what matters is that in Morning Watch, Morning Revival, we used to call it, in the denomination, devotionals. We also used to call it private time. And we used to call it quiet time. Quiet time. And like I said, it doesn't matter what you call it. It matters that in whatever time you have, you actually have fellowship with the Lord. That's what we're aiming at, right? So <clears throat> Brother Lee saw there was a need among us that a lot of us, we were, we were young people we, and, and rather, I would say, rather innocent. And a lot of our church life was corporate or I would say mostly corporate. What I mean by that, of course, we have corporate. that's Church life is corporate. What I mean is our opening of the word sometimes was only in the meeting, yeah. only with the saints, or in the group meetings, home meetings, or when we were fellowshipping. Many saints didn't have the habit of personally reading through the Bible, especially those saved among us. The ones who came from Christianity, ironically, had, many had this habit. And continued this habit, but the younger ones didn't have such a habit, so he emphasized this. And then he emphasized personal morning time. I was there in Anaheim in that one conference. I remember, and one of the one of the questions, a brother stands up, and he says, he says, uh, brother Lee, uh, in in uh, for my for my work, I have to get up at, uh, I have to be on my way by six thirty for my work. And in my neighborhood, there's a corporate morning watch. Oh, at that time, I remember, I, in my neighborhood, uh, there was a few places that you could go at six, 5.30 or 6 o'clock or 6.30, depending on your work schedule. And the saints would get together for corporate morning watch. Yeah. And so uh, this was a common practice among us in the churches. And he said, Brother Lee, uh, I have to leave by 6.30. Uh, So it doesn't seem practical that I can have a personal morning watch, which you just emphasized, and a corporate morning watch. What should I do? And this was his answer. He said, personal morning watch is like the textbook. Corporate morning watch is like the reference book. Do you get the difference? If you're taking a university course and there are books assigned... Surely, if you only have money for one book, you better buy the textbook. The reference books are reference books. They're extra. So his point there is the basic need is personal time. And I know that from that time, many saints, many saints, and and then even most recently, uh, most recently meaning 30 years ago when Brother Lee went to the Far East and and was fellowshipping on the matter of the God-ordained way, Do you you know the history? Do you know the history that it was during that period of time when he was developing this matter, studying. He said he went back to study the scriptures to see what was the God-ordained way to meet and to serve. It was during that period of time that that the brothers began to produce Holy Word for morning revival. Do you see the link? Because we mentioned last night, we mentioned last night that the goal of the God-ordained way is to bring every saint into function. Right? To bring every saint into their priestly function. That begins, saints, and that is based on each of us having a personal fellowship with the Lord. If we're going to be priests, as we said, the first person we have to bring to God is me. is myself. Every day, I have to come back to, to God. And so, anyway... Uh, I know that during that period of time, Brother Lee spent spent more than three years while he was in Taipei, guiding the saints into the experience of morning revival. Actually, it was during that time that he came up with this new phrase, morning revival. He was reviving the saints' morning watch. He was recovering, trying to recover the morning watch. Because with many saints, the morning watch... Had be, it, was, it was an established habit, but maybe not reaching the mark, not reaching the goal. So he endeavored even to bring this new word, this word revival, because you might have a time with the Lord in the morning, but you have not come back to life. That was his his point. Revival is come back to life. It's possible to have a halfway. Morning watch. That where, where you don't reach the goal. And that really is our burden for this afternoon. That is how to improve the quality of our time with the Lord. Because we know many saints, the majority of the saints, even almost all the saints, at least try to have a time with the Lord sometime during the week. And many saints, they, they, they try. Their plan, even their habit, is every day. And some, of course, we have to admit, we don't quite make it, but maybe five days a week. Oh, I think some of us, if we hit five days a week, we would feel quite overcoming, <laughs> right? Because in the past, our habit was not so strong. So, but anyway, whatever you have, whatever you do, do that. Do that. I don't want, I don't want our fellowship this afternoon to weaken anyone's experience in any way. What we're trying to do is to advance, to go on from where we are, even to build on what we have already. Okay. In 1987, under the direction of our dear brother Benjamin Chen, and I, I think many, many of you would still remember our, our beloved brother, he led some of us uh, there in New York, during the during the winter uh, c- uh, college semester break, so in between the, the you know the, the fall semester, spring semester in January, we had a three weeks training with our college students, and uh, this was this was a, a uh, only about eighteen saints were in this training. This was, we would meet Monday night to have some fellowship. And then Tuesday through Friday mornings, we would meet from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. That was our training, for three weeks. And the main part of this training was what we're covering here right now, the practice of fellowship. And saints, from that time in 1987, I have been really studying this matter. I received much help in those three weeks. And later, I found out that the help that Brother Benjamin was giving us was all from these two books, except we did not have them in English. They were were entrapped there in the Chinese language. But thank the Lord, Brother Benjamin shared the principles with us. When these came into print, which was probably 12 years ago or, or so, less than that, Oh, I couldn't believe the riches, the riches that, were, that, that are here. But these are the things that we were helped in when we were young. But from my study, saints, from my study and my observation, that is, evaluating my own time and then having lots of fellowship with brothers and then settings like this where we have what we even call workshops, I have discovered these two things. And that's what I want to talk about here. The matter of breathing and being calm. That there are two, mainly two or I should say two main frustrations to the saint's personal fellowship. Of course, that it, what I'm talking about is when you have the fellowship. Because saints are frustrated in having the time. So I'm not going to cover things like go to bed early and, and you know, all, all those kind of things. So I mean, what I mean is once you're there, wherever there is, and, and Brother Lee, so let's talk about there, choosing a there, choosing a specific place to have fellowship with the Lord. If there's time, we will get to that on the, on the back end here, about the place of fellowship. The place is important. Even though we can contact God anywhere, we, might, we, we really should try to have a set place where we contact the Lord. Yeah, the Lord Jesus did this. He would go away at different times, different times. I love how it says in Mark chapter 1 that he got up so early in the morning and he went to this place, they didn't know where he was. They had to hunt for him, right? Because he had a private place. Yeah, if Jesus had a private place, to fellowship with the Father. Shouldn't we follow his pattern? Okay, let's come to the two frustrations. Maybe the number one thing that frustrates us is the undisciplined mind. Our thoughts. Our thoughts. Have you never had a fellowship with God like this? Okay, we have a verse here. I think it's uh, Psalm 27, 4. It says, uh, one thing, one thing uh, I have asked of Jehovah, that will I seek. Have you never had a morning revival time where where you were? Amen. Amen. Oh, one thing. One thing I have. Oh, no. I forgot to call David. (laughs) Have you ever experienced an oh, no in the middle of your prayer? Yeah. How many of you have ever had an oh no moment? Yeah. Maybe this week. You have. Oh Lord Jesus. Lord, I oh no. I forgot. I forgot to send David the outlines. Oh, he's gonna be upset. Oh. Let's see, what time is it? Is he up? Oh, he's probably up. Maybe I'll text him now. Oh, don't do that, Saints. Because then you not only sabotage your own personal time, now you sabotage David's personal time. Because, because David might have his phone right there. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Saints, do we all do we all put aside our phones? Oh, you say, brother, my Bible's on my phone. Oh, woe is you if your Bible is on your phone. Saints, it's really good if you could have, uh, like, a paper Bible for your morning time with the Lord. Of course, many of us use the book, Your Holy Word for Morning Revival. If that's the case, very good. How about silence your phone? But then you see, oh, the little light is flickering, and and it's very hard to resist the temptation. Oh, amen, amen, Lord, amen, Lord, amen, 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 Lord. Why? Why is it so natural to do that? Undisciplined mind. Our mind is so easy to be distracted. Saints, we need to to set our mind on the spirit. That's to set our mind on the spirit. But our problem is, we do set our mind on the spirit. And in 10 seconds, it becomes unset. So then you have to reset and it's very possible, if you're spending 10 minutes with the Lord, you have spent 7 minutes setting, resetting, setting, resetting, setting. Finally, after 7 minutes, ah, you're calm, you're focused, you enjoy. So you had a 30% morning revival. 70% of your time was struggling. Can you relate to this? Have you never had a time like this? And I would say, I would say, if the majority of our saints are like this, no wonder then when we actually come to the prophesying meeting, the level of life is a little low sometimes. You know, the morning revival book, right? It's meant to firstly guide us into fellowship with the Lord, but eventually help us to prepare for the prophesying meeting, right? Okay. But the first thing is not to develop your prophecy. The first thing is to have fellowship with the Lord. Now, I don't know if you ever had this experience, where you're enjoying in the book, let's say you have the morning revival book, and there's a point, uh, oh, Because many of us are, are are you starting on the Leviticus soon? Yes. Yeah, 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 okay. We in New York, this is week number two. Actually, this morning's message is the message the saints will prophesy on tomorrow in New York. So maybe one of the verses is, is, uh, uh, the fire shall never go out. And you're enjoying, oh, the fire shall never go out. And then you get like an inspiration. Oh, that would be good to share on the Lord's day. And then you start to think, you start to compose your prophecy in the middle of your morning revival. That's not the time. Any, have any of us ever shifted into composing mode? Raise your hand, raise it higher, like a confession. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saints, that's not the time. That's not the time. We can just put it on the shelf for 10 minutes. You get an inspiration. You know what I know some brothers do? There, there are three lines, you know, at the bottom of the second page for each day. What I know some brothers do is they have a pencil, pen there, and they just write, never go out, put it there, and then they forget it, and then just keep fellowshipping with the Lord. That helps them to let that thought go. Saints, our mind is the place of attack. Our mind. If you could look with me at Second Corinthians chapter two, Second Corinthians 2, verse 11. Maybe we could look at these, these couple of sets of verses. Second Corinthians 2, 11. This says that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. His schemes. And you know, there is a a, uh, footnote for this word schemes in the recovery version. If you have the recovery version with the notes. For this word schemes, it's plans, plots, devices, designs, wiles, intentions, purposes. It says, for we are not ignorant of his plans. His plots. His devices. Who's his? Satan's. You know, the root of this word, schemes, is actually a derivative of the word thought. So you could translate this, you could translate this, maybe in a kind of amplified version, as we are not ignorant of his thoughts. Whose thoughts? Satan's thoughts. Do you know that it's possible for Satan to inject thoughts into us? We're praying and a thought comes. This is just like Ephesians chapter 6. The flaming darts of the evil one. The enemy injects thoughts. Why is it? Why is it? All day yesterday I should have sent David those outlines. But I forget. Now I come to spend 10 minutes with the Lord. (gasps) I remember. So I have a little joke. If you forget something, go pray. And Satan may remind you. Then you go, ha ha, thank you. And then you keep fellowshipping with the Lord. Aren't there things like that? You, you, forgot, you forgot for three days. But when, when do you remember? When you're going to spend time with the Lord. That, those are his thoughts. So we don't receive them. Don't receive them. We can reject those thoughts. Actually, when you practice this, when you practice this, sometimes you could even say out loud, Stop. That's not me. That's you. Get away. Even out loud, I would, I would stop my being. Hey, stop. And saints, by the way, I, I think this is important. Don't repent. Don't repent for that thought. Because that's not your thought. Just return and advance. Just return and keep going. Just put it aside. Another verse in 2 Corinthians. Chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. If you, we really should read 3 to 5, but I'll just start with 5 for the time. As we overthrow reasonings and every high thing rising up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought unto the obedience of Christ. This verse, with the verses before this, make it clear that the enemy attacks through our, through our through thoughts. Through our thoughts. The weapons of the enemy our thoughts. He uses thoughts. But it doesn't, it's not necessarily sinful thoughts. Sometimes that does happen. H- have you never had maybe a dream? You had a dream. Maybe it was a bad dream. Maybe even a defiling dream. But you wake up, you forget. Now you come to the Lord, and all of a sudden, that comes back to you. Oh, that's Satan. Attacking. We can take captive every thought unto the obedience of Christ. But not only negative things. You know, it's very possible. that This this happens now and again. You know, tomorrow, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, I'm going to see one of my grandchildren. Tomorrow night. And they live in California. So I don't see them all that often. But tomorrow night, I'm going to see Everett. It's my oldest grandson. Have you never had grandparents a morning revival like this? You're praying, Oh, Lord Jesus. And you just get a thought. "Ah, Buddy, I'm going to see him tomorrow. (laughs) Just Just at that time? Oh, the enemy could use even a thought like that. Carry us away. Saints, oh, once you practice and realize... You can, you can, it's like you have the shield of faith. Just block those thoughts. You have a helmet of salvation. And you can just continue to fellowship with the Lord. Amen. So, don't repent. Just return. And then go. then go on. So, one is the matter of the thoughts. The second matter I'd like to talk to you about is this matter of breathing. Breathing. You know, in, in our outline here, um, it talks about breathing in God. Maybe the best way to cover this is to read through uh, a, a, few, a few of these points, and then I'll, I'll emphasize this. Let's read number one, please. Real prayer is nothing but waiting on God. And breathing in God. Breathing God is to absorb God. Amen. Uh, a. In order to breathe God through prayer, Sisters, brothers, sisters, one, two, three. Sisters, when?
1: Brothers, after we stop our entire being and shut the door to the outside world, we will be able to turn to the deepest part of our being and exercise our spirit.
0: Matthew 6:6 6, 6. So and him in our spirit we must reach God. Yeah in point 2 Matthew 6:6 6, 6 says that when you pray to your father go into your closet and shut your door shut your door This is this is talking about a private place a private place But here we're applying it to blocking out the outside world, right? Blocking out. This is, again, to block the distractions, to block the distractions. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. <clears throat> Even in my home, this has happened, but all the more when I travel and take hospitality, as I'm you know, doing this this weekend, or staying somewhere not at home. <clears throat> you could be in someone's home, Suppose I'm taking hospitality in David's home. And I'm there. I'm in this room. And I don't notice the things so much. Then the next morning, I sit down. I'm going to have fellowship. Or I kneel there. Going to have fellowship. It's very easy. I look up. Oh! Look at this picture. Just because you notice something, your mind right away. So... Brother Lee talks about here closing your eyes. Yeah. But really, you have to see whether you want to practice this or not. Because if we, some of us close our eyes, then we'll fall asleep. (laughs) So be practical. Be practical. So that's why Brother Lee does talk about choosing a place that is distraction-free. If you're in a place to have fellowship with God, it may take 2 or 3 days to remove all the distractions. It's worth to pray in the same place. But then after the, after 3 or 4 days, this place will be distraction free. I tell you saints, even you may develop such a habit in such a place. You just walk into that room, you're in the Lord's presence already. Because that's your little holy of holies. Amen. That's your place. And you remove all the distractions. So this matter of closing the eyes and, and so on, that you, you know, don't, don't be so strict about that. Because some of us, when we close our eyes, oh, the mind races. The mind races. So it's better to actually look at the word. right? So be practical. Be practical. But the point is, the point is really this. This is what we're getting at. You're trying to calm down your inner being. You're trying to shut off all the outward distractions, including our phones, to calm our inner being. We want our inner being to be quiet. Yeah. Now, one way to quiet your inner being is actually to call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Maybe I, I should point this out because, uh, yeah, the next point, the next major point, is on being silent and calm. You know, these books, as I mentioned to you, were, were spoken in 1958 and 1959. And this was before both pray reading and calling on the Lord were recovered. These things were re- pray reading in 66, I believe, calling in 68. Does this sound right? 66 and 68. So in these two writings, you will not see anything about calling or pray reading. But actually, the essence when you're reading these, it's all about calling and pray reading. And 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 the way, the way to be silent before the Lord and to calm our inner being actually is to call the name of the Lord. That's a very big help. When we call, our inner being calms down. But even then, I would say, not all the time. Have you ever tried to out-call your mind? Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes we're calling, and our mind is just so full. We call, and it seems like the mind races more. So we try to call stronger, but our thoughts get stronger. I would say if that happens, abort. <laughs> and it's good, probably, go to the Word or go to the hymnal. Just change. Change. Just change. Don't waste the time. Don't, don't, don't waste the time. Okay, that's, that's mostly on the matter of being calm. Let me come back to the matter of breathing. Even here in this point, it says, real prayer is nothing but waiting on God and breathing in God. You know, breathing, physical breathing, logically, has two parts, right? two aspects. That is, (laughs) inhaling, exhaling. Breathing in, breathing out. Saints, spiritually, it's the same. We need to breathe in God, but we also need to take care of exhaling. Exhaling many things. And I have observed, especially in the most recent time, that one big frustration for the saints, and maybe, maybe, I I don't know if it's too much to say, particularly some of our sisters, is that it's been a while since you had some time to exhale, to unload your inner being, to discharge the things that are on your heart and on your mind. And the, if we don't have the practice to continually exhale, then actually our inhaling will not be as effective. We need to have the proportionate inhaling and exhaling. What do I mean by this? I mean that saints in daily life in daily life it's very easy to be occupied with so many things just human things work preparations for work and if you have responsibilities at work those things are just in you home life if you have children and then if you have children that have particular needs or in new situations, or I guess now school is about to start. Oh, many considerations about schedule change. If you have a little one, oh, so many, so many things. If the child has any medical issues, so many things. And not even to talk about the church life yet. Then in the church life, if you're coordinating for this and the new school year, and maybe you have new services and new people coming to serve, and new people are moving to the area, and, and, and you're, you're planning some, some welcome dinner, and then the conference is coming, and, and there's hospitality, and, and, and then you come to have time with the Lord. And you're clogged. Do you understand what I mean? Clogged, C-L-O-G. You're like a sink you like a sink. And you turn the faucet on. And you know how the water on the, on the kitchen sink? Yeah. And maybe has a little film of oil, grease, along the edge. And it's not clogged a 100%. It just goes down real slow. So there's a little flow. And you're satisfied. Saints, every now and then, we need a spiritual roto rooter. Is there still such a thing as roto rooter? Do, do, do you know what that is? Well, the plumber comes and and well actually first the first you always try with the plunger, right? And, and then you go and they go. But if that doesn't work, you need the professionals. And they come in with a machine and it could be, it could be, oh, 100 yards, something is clogged there. You'll never find it. Saints, it could be that in our being, it's not something on the surface. It's something a lot deeper. And we need our professional, the Lord, to come in to dig away. Or to guide us to dig away. Just to unload. Saints, in human life, we cannot avoid disappointments. We cannot avoid afflictions. We cannot avoid sicknesses. We even cannot avoid death in our families, loved ones. You can't avoid, you cannot avoid problems. Things happen, things happen. And if we don't learn how to unload those things before the Lord, when we spend time with the Lord, he will not be all that he wants to be to us. We're not allowing him the time nor the space. He wants to minister to each of those needs. But we have to be unloaded. You know, I don't know if this is an accurate statement, Brother David, as a doctor, and there's probably maybe other medical people here. But I do know that a great many, if not all, organisms, in order to survive, there has to be some discharge. That is, an intake and discharge, certainly with animals and with humans, to survive. And if, and if you do not discharge from your being what you should, you become toxic, right? Is that the word that's used? Toxic. And I find that spiritually, this is the same. If we do not unload what's in our being, then eventually we're trying to breathe the Lord in, and the Lord is faithful to supply us, but I tell you, we never reach the maximum effectiveness of the Lord's infusing. So we do need times before the Lord to unload. To unload. To breathe out. Um, I think most of us are probably familiar with hymn 255. Do you know this famous hymn? To me, so helpful, maybe my one of my favorite hymns. Oh Lord, this is by A. B. Simpson. O oh Lord, breathe thy spirit on me. Teach me how to breathe thee in. Help me pour into thy bosom all my life of self and sin. I am breathing out my sorrow. I am breathing out my sin. I am breathing, breathing, breathing all thy fullness in. And then as you go through the hymn, it's very interesting. Have you noticed? The first two lines of many of the verses is about breathing out. Then the last part of each verse is to breathe in. Brother Simpson touched this principle. We have to breathe out our sorrow. Do you have a sorrow that needs to be unloaded? Do you have sin? Even even confessing our sins is a kind of breathing out. Do you have a longing that was never fulfilled? We can breathe it out on his kind and gentle breast. Even breathing out our sickness. As you get older, the sicknesses accumulate. Little things. Don't they bring you down sometimes? Don't they frustrate you? Don't you think back to when you were freer? That has to be, even that has to be breathed out. know, there's another hymn I would like to recommend to you. It's 373. 373. I think less of us will be familiar with <clears throat> with this one. Nothing between. Nothing between. Lord, nothing between. Let me thy glory see. Draw my soul close to thee. Then speak in love to me. Nothing between. Nothing between. When you get into the verses, it talks about, let not earth's din and noise stifle thy still small voice. Nothing of earthly care. Nothing of tear or prayer. No robe that self may wear. Unbelief disappear. Vanish each doubt and fear. Saints, we even have to breathe out our unbelief. Sometimes we just don't have faith that the Lord will accomplish what he said he will do, either in us or in our children or in our grandchildren or in the saints in the church. We have unbelief that is clogging us and not allowing the Lord to infuse us fully. Even this we have to unload before the Lord. Shine with unclouded ray, chasing each mist away, sometimes just something vague. We're not quite sure what it is. We have to breathe, breathe it out. <clears throat> Saints, when we breathe out, there's more room for the Lord to infuse. Then, when we practice all these principles, we will find, we will find joy in our heart we'll find that the Lord will comfort us. Even with a word. One word. You know, it does say, the Lord knows how to sustain the weary. With a word. With a word. Have you had a time recently where you're in the word, you're praying in the morning, and just one word, one phrase just meets your need. Even this morning, I have to say, I was surprised by the Lord. I was praying over a verse, the three verses. And I, did, I, I was not that familiar with these verses. I, I'm familiar with verse 1 and 2. And then when I went to verse 3, I couldn't believe this phrase was there. Sometimes all you can do is stop and weep. And the weeping is a breathing out, is a discharge, is an unloading. Sometimes you see something like that in the Word and you have to laugh. It's too good, I can't believe it, Lord. You know, in in this book, in these two writings, Brother Lee talks about this. That's why it's important to choose the place of prayer. We even have to have a place where if we need to cry, you cry. And if you need to laugh, you laugh. But if you're having morning revival on the metro, <laughs> you will be more restrained. And I appreciate, I appreciate the saints that, that some of our students, they have on the metro, on the subway. It's better than not to have. And I'm not trying to weaken anyone's. What you have, please, at least keep that. But what if the Lord touches you and you you need to weep? Uh, If you're somewhere, maybe you're at Starbucks and you will restrain yourself. Find a place where you don't need to restrain yourself. Where your inner being can just flow out. So even the place is important. Maybe one other hymn and then we'll continue on the outline, is 719. Uh, 719. Do you know this verse? I mean, this hymn? Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace. I'm not going to sing the whole thing. But how many of us are familiar with this, with this hymn? Yeah, not too many. <clears throat> The chorus it says, stayed upon Christ Jesus, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised, perfect peace and rest. This was written by Frances Havergal. We have a number of hymns by her. <clears throat> Actually, maybe Maybe uh, the one we sang last night, no? 4.45? Yes, 4.45. Take my life and let it be. She wrote this one too. But I want to highlight verse 2, if you have it before you. 7.19. Hidden in the hollow of his blessed hand, never foe can follow, never traitor stand. What's the difference between a foe and a traitor? A traitor is someone who was not your foe. You could say is an inside foe, an inside enemy. You know who our traitor is? Our mind, emotion, and will. Our own thoughts and emotions. Then look at this not a surge of worry, not a shade of care, not a blast of hurry. Touch the spirit there. Did you ever have a surge of worry in the middle of your personal time with the Lord? Oh, Lord, I love you. (gasps) Oh, no. I have an appointment today. Oh, uh, now I have to change my whole schedule. Sister Francis must have experienced the same thing. Then what? Not a shade of care. Oh, this happened to me. Recently, someone in my family experienced something, and the concern for that family member. In the middle of the prayer, I just think of her, think of him. Actually, it was my grandson and my daughter, and it's like a shade. It comes slowly. You know, shade. You might be in the sun, but just wait a few minutes. And the shade comes slowly. It's not a surge. Slowly. And you know what happens? Your inner being sinks. Did that ever happen to you? You're with the Lord. But for some reason, instead of going up, you find yourself going down. Because the mind. We didn't take captive that thought. Our sister must have experienced this. I don't know how she was able to put it in such poetic form with one phrase to capture this experience. Not a blast of hurry. Oh, you might be praying, Lord Jesus, I love you. Oh! In the middle of your, Lord Jesus, I love you. you sh- oh, no! Uh, it's time to go. You're 10 minutes late. Oh, if, if you were talking to someone. If I was talking to Alex and I just... Le- le- hey, Alex, how you doing, man? Yeah. So wh- what did, where did you go last week? Oh. I, I don't wait for the answer. How rude. But with the Lord, it's, oh, Lord Jesus. <gasps> Not even a sense. Lord, Lord. Sorry, Lord. Lord, could we continue this on the road? Would you come with me? Can we have a mobile morning revival here? That he's a person. The sense that he's a person. Doesn't look like we're getting very far in the outline. Sorry. But in point J, on the back, point J, says, let's read that. We also need to allow God to finish his speaking. This is what Abraham did. He prayed, but God spoke. You know, this is very strong. It's amazing. Brother Lee found this principle. When I first read this, oh, I had to repent. Lord, I'm sorry. For years, I have not allowed you to finish your speaking. I finished our time with you. I did not let you lead our time. I was the governor of our time. Saints, in these two writings, Brother Lee says that fellowship with the Lord is a science. There are principles that we need to learn. There are principles we need to learn. If you keep those principles, our time with the Lord will be so rich and so nourishing, so effective, so effective. Okay, let's come to point B on the outline, Roman 1b. After touching God in our spirit, we should be silent and calm. We must learn the lesson of not opening our mouth quickly. We do not need to shout and cry when we touch God. He says we do not need to. But sometimes you want to, so just shout and cry. Don't don't misunderstand what our brother is, is saying here. One, we must learn... A serious lesson in prayer. We must turn our being away from the outside world and stop our entire being and turn to our spirit and remain there silently. But again, I say, if you're too silent, this may open you for more distraction. So don't misunderstand. Actually, the verse that's highlighted here in point B is Psalm 62.1. Psalm 62.1. That verse says, and please, please pay attention... It says, my soul waits in silence before Jehovah. Not I wait in silence. My soul waits in silence. Actually, the point is, our soul needs to be quiet. Our mind needs to be quiet. Our emotion needs to shut up. And our will needs to submit. The way to do that is to call even to sing, or to pray, or pray read. You converse with the Lord. You tell him, Lord, Lord, oh, my mind is racing. Lord, I just can't control today. I don't know what I'm going to do. I really need you. I really need you, Lord. Lord, would you strengthen me? Would you strengthen me? And then, actually, another point out here that we're coming to is inquire. Inquire. That's Psalm 27.4. One thing I have asked of Jehovah that will I seek. To, I may dwell in the house of Jehovah all the days of my life to behold the beauty of Jehovah and to inquire. What does that mean? To inquire is to ask. To ask. And the point here is let him lead your time with him. Lord, what shall we do? Lord, here we are again. Shall I go to the word? Or would you like to sing this morning? And you just get a feeling in your heart. Oh, let's sing. So you open a hymn. You say, Lord, which, which hymn shall we sing? Don't waste the time going through the index. If you have an anointing, that's why actually, saints, it's very helpful to learn our hymnal. Just learn our hymnal. Go through and study and learn our hymnal. But... Don't you wake up sometimes with a tune in your heart? Yeah. That is the Lord calling you. I believe so. Calling you into fellowship very often when that happens to me. Oh, I'm I'm just so happy. I don't have to think about it. That's the hymn. This morning I woke up with this tune. Da 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 da, 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 da. But I know two hymns with that, with that, with that, with that tune. I said, Lord, which one is it? Which one is it? So I didn't know. So I just sang one from one hymn and one from the other, one verse from this hymn, one from the other, until I hit water. And then I just stayed here. Captivated by his beauty, worthy tribute haste to bring, let his... Hold it! I wasn't singing with you. I was singing by myself so I could be flexible. When I'm singing with you, I would have to wait till the end to pray. But since I was by myself, when I said, let his, oh, let, let. Lord, I want to let your peerless worth constrain me. Let, oh, let. This word, let, just opened like a fountain. So, saints, saints, don't put the thing in a box. Be very flexible to follow the inner anointing. That's the principle of inquire. Lord, what what are you doing? What do you want to do? Saints, we should do this as we pray the word and as we sing the songs. You're not bound to finish singing the whole stanza. As soon as there's some feeling, convert that to prayer. Oh, saints, there was about six or seven minutes of prayer from the word let. Let. Let his peerless worth constrain. Lord, why don't I let more often? Just let. Lord, you're just of peerless worth. Show me your beauty. Lord, please show me your beauty. Having seen the world's fair beauty. I know that hymn. So the Lord could use That's 405, I believe. The Lord could use that because it's in my heart. Then the Spirit can bring it up into my heart. So I went from captivated... by his beauty, to five or six, seven minutes of prayer, and then to this hymn. That was the Lord's leading. And, and I tell you, saints, the time just goes. The time, and it's no struggle. It's no struggle with the mind. The hymns help us very much Amen. to calm our inner being. I find that actually singing, singing brings us to the spirit most often with the least amount of effort. So I would encourage, use more the hymns. And there are so many wonderful hymns in our hymn book, especially those written in the first person. You know, like, like this one. I come to thee, dear Lord. This is 812. My heart does thirst for, O oh Lord, Lord, my heart thirsts for you. Lord, my heart thirsts for you. Lord, I just want you. The Lord might say, really? Really? And you might remember, my people have committed two sins. They've hewn out for themselves. They, right, what is it? <laughs> Cisterns. They've forsaken, right? Forsaken me, the fountain of living waters and hewn out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that hold no water. What about that yesterday? That you spent that much time on yesterday? Were you thirsting for me? You might say, Lord, you know I was not thirsting for you. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I come back to the fountain of living waters. Amen. I come back to you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I need you. Please fill me. I am thirsty for you, Lord. I want to drink you, Lord. The hymns may bring us to a verse. Don't have, don't be locked in. Oh, I have to, but I have to do the one that's in the holy word for morning revival. Not, again, I don't want to weaken your habit because that may help you. But you could study that later. The Lord's leading you to Jeremiah rather than Leviticus today. If you would follow him in the anointing, oh, I tell you, you could have a little adventure with the Lord every morning. Every morning the Lord could bring you somewhere new. And saints, I I have found that when we're flexible with the Lord like this, the Lord is able to do a deeper work within us. And and this kind of practice, this kind of practice, I would say there are at at least these three benefits to have this kind of practice. That is that we're able to receive the personal enlightenment, the personal shining to confess what's in our being. Sadly, we have to admit if we're going to be honest that we've seen some saints that for five years, ten years, even twenty years, not much change. Not much advancing. Why? Maybe there are many factors, but I do know one factor is not allowing the Lord the time to shine into our being, to penetrate our inner being, to see ourselves. We don't take the time to allow the Lord to speak to us. We could have more of a kind of drive-through morning revival. Do you know what I mean by that? McDonald's drive-through. I'll take number two. With a coffee, one milk, two sugars. Thank you. You don't have fellowship with the person on the other end. You just put an order in. Then you go there and pay. Then you go there, pick up. And you're on your way. Is that our concept of morning watch? Lord, a little supply to make it through the day. But the Lord wants to shine. And he wants to shine into our being and touch things that no one else can touch. No one else can touch. Maybe it's your pride. But no one can tell you, Brother David, you're quite proud. Oh, you get offended. I'm quite proud. Who are you? <laughs> but when the Lord shines, the verse may not have anything to do with pride. And the Lord shines, proud man. It could be for five years he's been trying to break that boulder. And if we just give him time, he would operate on us. So, this pr- personal, the practice of personal time and being flexible to follow the anointing, this is one key benefit. A uh, second key benefit is personal comfort. Like I said before, in Isaiah it says he knows how to strengthen the weary with a word. Again, we all go through things. And we go for fellowship, and that often is very helpful. But saints, before going for fellowship, it would be good if we could go to the Lord and see what he says to us. And it's possible one word meets our need. Not too long ago, I was passing through something and the Lord just gave me this one phrase. This one phrase. Be still. Be still. You know where that is? Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. So I went to that psalm. And it says, God is our refuge that we can flee into and our strength to strengthen us within. Outside, inside. Verse 4 says, There is a river, the streams whereof, gladden the city of God. God is in the midst of her and she will not be moved. I forgot the wording, but somewhat it says like this. He strengthens her or speaks to her at the dawn. At the dawn. But just this word, be still, was like a zip file that opened the psalm and opened like so much speaking. Three weeks, saints, three weeks I was drawing nourishment from that psalm day after day, day after day. The Lord can strengthen the weary with a word. When we have this kind of fellowship with the Lord, oh, he can meet our personal need. And the third great benefit, or a third, I don't mean to limit this, a third great benefit in this kind of exercise is that We learn how to follow the anointing. Saints, in life and in our service, we have to know the anointing. Remember, even we're talking about the consecration of the priests, and the priests are anointed at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Only two things are anointed, the tabernacle and the priests, which means they are joined in the anointing. So, saints, in our living, in our service to the Lord, it's vital we know his anointing. Concerning our future, concerning marriage, concerning our career, concerning our service, if we, the Lord wants us to migrate somewhere, or even just where to serve in the church life, we should let him lead us in the anointing. But for those big things, how will you know the anointing? Where do you learn to follow the anointing? In our personal time. When the Lord is saying, let's go to to the hymn. Let's come to this verse. you know that's a little training? The Lord is leading us how to follow him step by step. Oh, I tell you, if every day we're learning how to navigate through our our fellowship with him, oh, when the big decisions come, we will know the anointing. We'll know the anointing. I want to leave you time for some response. So let's just run through the, the outline, just the major points. And I'll just highlight a word or two um, so that when you go back and read, you, you, will, you will know what the uh, key, key points are. So did we read C? I don't think so. C, let's read together. When we come back for his, in prayer... Key word is behold. We should come to behold the Lord. That should be our goal. Our goal is not to get strengthening. Our goal is not to study f- to have a prophecy. Our goal is just to behold Him. Psalm 27:4. Point D. When we open our mouth, we to
1: ask for it, but we can inquire. The best prayer is to this is
0: the sweetest prayer. Inquire. The key word here is inquire. And this is, what this means is, actually, we allow the Lord to lead. We allow the Lord to lead. Let's read, uh, oh, sorry. And then where it says the sweetest prayer, you know, in one writing, Brother Lee says, we need to do all these things with sweetness and depth. With sweetness and depth. Isn't it possible, Saints, to have morning revival every day, but not with sweetness and depth? I hope we would ask the Lord, Lord, lead me into fellowship with you in sweetness and depth. Amen. Let's read uh, point E. Next. We shall learn to wait on God. Amen. This is a trying
1: lesson.
0: Yes, it is a trying lesson to wait. Just to wait on God. But as you wait, that doesn't mean you just sit there. We exercise before him. We call on him. We call on him. We have fellowship with him. And then we wait for his leading. F. We also need to learn to muse or meditate on everything about God. His loveliness... We have here Psalm 77.12 and 1.19.15. In Psalm 1.19.15, there is a footnote on this word muse. It's note one. I'll read it quickly, but I do hope that you could go back and digest this more. Muse is rich in meaning. The Hebrew word for muse, often translated meditate in the King James uh, Version, implies to worship, to converse with oneself. And to speak aloud, to muse on the word is to taste and enjoy, enjoy it through careful considering. Prayer, speaking to oneself and praising the Lord may also be included in musing on the word. To muse on the word of God is to enjoy his word as his breath and thus to be infused with God, to breathe God in and to receive spiritual nourishment. Saints, it's important to note this, because when we see the word meditate, we probably get a certain thought. And that is, to meditate, you're just silent there, meditating. But the word more of, most often used is muse. And muse clearly says here, it means to con- worship and converse with oneself. right? So it's out loud, to speak out loud. So we consider the Lord's beauty, his works. Out loud. Actually, what is this? Pray reading. Or pray reading is included in this. And you consider, you speak the things of your impressions of the Lord. Okay, let's go to next, G. As we touch him, remain in him, behold his loveliness, converse with him, inquire of him, and wait on him, and muse upon him, we should worship him. So the key... Key verse is worship. Worship him. H, we should also praise God. Praise always follows worship. As we muse upon a certain matter, praises should flow forth from within us. So praise is the key word here. In I, we also should learn to participate in intercessory work. If we are able to spend more time before God, he will surely tell us the things that concern him. So here is intercessory intercessory or intercession but this is if you have more time in our fellowship with the Lord we should focus on him first if there's a longer time and if we have his leading then we can pray for things events people to be saved, the gospel our family and so on and then we read the last point allowing God to finish his speaking I think maybe we'll stop there. I'll leave the rest to you. If you really want this developed, please go to those writings, those seven chapters, and you'll get a a lot more. Could we still take a little time for the response of the saints? Or Brother Ed, would you want to share something?
1: I was wondering if the saints had questions. Yeah. Just like Brother (laughs) Ed.
0: Yeah, Brother Ed is here. So some testimony or questions, I- either, either. Brother, Brother Ricky, uh, at one point you mentioned about the uh, discharge, especially among the sisters, things bottled
1: up. Could you
0: share more on that? I was very touched by that point. I think it's quite helpful for us to have more speaking on that. Hi. Honestly, I'm most concerned for all the young mothers among us. Many, many of our sisters whom we consider our daughters, we see them raised, raised up among us. They really have a heart for the Lord. But I, I found from my observation in many places, including our own, that uh, once they start to have children, there's a slowing down. And uh, I feel like it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. and Because there are some from older generation that are good patterns, that they were not slowed down. Um, and I think, again, there's just some observations, that we didn't help them in this area. That there just seemed to be so many things. Life has changed. When you have children, life changed. You have a transition. And, of course, their their meeting life is going to be different. Uh, their time, their, their schedule of when they spend time with the Lord is going to be different. You can't expect a, a, a sister with a newborn to maintain a half hour every day at such as time because she's just too tired. So... She has to have her time with the Lord, five minutes here, seven minutes there, two minutes there, add it all up, it's 30 minutes, maybe an hour. But they don't have that thought, so they're under condemnation. And, and, and I, I, I feel that a, a lot of our daughters are initially under condemnation, discouragement, and then we still have the demands on their husbands, to come to the brothers' meetings and this and that. A little bitterness starts. And if we don't help them discharge, um, we don't know where they'll be. Then they have a second child. But I have seen some, I have seen some, that are able to navigate because because of the breathing out. Because of being able to spend time with the Lord. Come, come, come spend time with the Lord, and I found that they're happy. You know, it's good to be happy. Yeah. Isn't it good to be happy? Amen. We can be happy in the Lord. Yeah. Actually, this, we're, we'll talk about this tonight, about being content. And, 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 I, and I know some sisters, I, I've observed, stayed in their homes, where with two children... They've been able to train their little child at two years old. Mommy's going to read her Bible. You can, you can read a book. And the little girl just reads her Bible. It's not a Bible. It's her, you know, Thomas book or <laughs> Curious George or, you know. But she says, this is my Bible. And she sits there. And, 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 and if you say, well, you know, where's mommy? She'll say, she's reading her Bible. And you can actually train the children in that way. But there needs to be shepherding for that. Amen. If the sisters are left to themselves, I, I've seen too many. And, and then the atmosphere in the home is very difficult. It's very difficult. But these are ones that consecrated themselves. And I feel that this, key, this is a key of the discharging. And we need, from my experience, we need two kinds of discharging one is daily where you're with the Lord, and, and whatever c- comes to your heart, whatever disappointment at the moment, like, Lord, I'm frustrated, and, and, and when is he going to be home? And I can't believe he has another meeting tonight. <laughs> but you're saying that to the Lord. Amen. You're not complaining to somebody else. It makes a big difference to say, Lord, Lord, am I losing my husband? Even to say that to the Lord. And you might think, oh, that sounds ugly. You can say anything to the Lord. I remember one time, maybe this was one of the breakthrough experiences I ever had with the Lord. I was 15. And I was going through something. I thought, this is not fair. What kind of God are you? And I said, that's it. I'm done. And I I expressed these words to God. I said, I hate you. I hate you. And over and over. He can take it. I don't think I was the first person to say to God (laughs) that I hate him. But I could tell you, I was with the Lord for about 45 minutes to an hour. And at the end, I was in tears saying, Lord, I love you. I love you. I don't know how it happened. But there was the discharging. So sisters, you can say anything, but say it to the Lord first. So That's daily. Then I also feel we need every now and then to take an hour. Take a walk. Or just get away. Brother Lee, in his writings, says he would go to the mountain. He had a place where he would go and just be with the Lord. That's where he learned the principles of the vital groups, if you read his testimony. He always talks about that mountain. Find your mountain. It it might just be at the hall. If If there's no place at your home, come. There's a room there. Ask the brothers if you can go into that fellowship room. Be by yourself for an hour. I like to walk. I just walk, even in New York City, in the midst of New York City. Nobody will bother you. You, you talk to yourself. It's you know, it's kind of common. You, everybody will say, "Oh, there's another New Yorker," and and you just you can talk to the Lord, or go to a park, and 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 I, I actually practice, even regularly, at least three times a year. I have this kind of unloading. And one is coming, again, it's always the beginning of the new school year. Because our church life is mostly on an academic calendar, not regular calendar. And so there's a new beginning coming, right, with new semester, new services. I like to do this on December 31st or January 1st. Not as a New Year's resolution, but just to unload everything. And I feel that has been a factor in maintaining my freshness with the Lord. So we need particular times where you can take an hour if needed. Where you can cry or shout. And then we need the daily times. And anyway, that's my, but my strong burden is for our young mothers. Our young mothers that that would be able to have the Fellowship with the Lord to maintain their church life, so the Lord could navigate them through this stage of, of, of life. Yeah. I have a question. Uh, a question. I usually have uh, time with pre- uh, praying with a sister because we share uh, the same burden for our sons, but it sometimes we don't. You know, it feels like it's too. Uh, it's not spontaneous. It's not. You know. Even sometimes we're fearful to start praying. We just ask the Lord, ask the Lord. So, how to to do that? How to pray with another. Oh. I
1: hope. I really hope you could read.
0: I really hope you could read these chapters. There's an example. There's a, in, that Brother Lee gives, and the in the section on inquiring, inquiring. Look at that section. He he says there's a sister whose husband is sick. So she will right away pray, Lord, heal my husband. And so Brother Lee says, how does this sister know that God wants to heal your husband? Yeah. God doesn't always answer the prayers like that. Because that, that, that prayer is actually in the principle of strange fire. It, it was not, God didn't ask you to pray that. So, so you should pray an inquiring prayer. You should have, and, and always keep this principle. You know, there are, there are two, there are two, mm, what's, what's the word, um, aspects of prayer or categories of prayer. One is prayer for fellowship with God. And the other is prayer for the Lord's economy. Right? We call that petition. In this outline, it's, it's the next to last point on intercessory work. Intercessory prayer where we're praying for things, matters, people, uh, you know, even, even gospel. Okay. But we should never start there. We always should start like the brothers in Acts 13, where it talks about the five leading ones in Antioch. They ministered to the Lord and fasted. And so always when we pray, the first thing is, behold the beauty of the Lord. So, Psalm 27 is kind of like the principle. Psalm 27, verse 4, establishes a principle that always first, first always behold, and then second, inquire. First always behold. And if all the time is taken with beholding, good enough, don't inquire today. So we should focus on, get, on enjoying the Lord. If you're beholding the Lord, then you, you get into his presence. If you're in his presence, then you're in his name. Then the Lord said, pray in my name. We, we sometimes say the words, Lord, we pray in your name, but we're not really in his name. We need to pray ourselves into God and then pray for things. But when we pray for things, and this is the illustration Brother Lee gives in the book, Lord, the sister should say, Lord, shall I pray for my husband? The Lord may say, no, not yet. Stay focused on me. Then we should be at peace. And in your case, you're talking about your sons, right? The Lord knows about your sons. So maybe he will say, not today today just enjoy me or he might say today pray for someone else's son today pray for the pray for germany today pray for a meeting hall for the church in washington dc pray for something else you have to inquire okay back to the sister the lord may say it's okay to pray for your husband then she shouldn't say, amen, Lord, heal my husband. No, no, no. She should say, Lord, how shall I pray for my husband? Shall I pray for his healing? Or shall I pray that through this sickness, all our children could be touched and brought back to you? And maybe the Lord would not heal the husband, but through his death, gain the children. We don't know. We shouldn't inquire. Some sisters in Australia some years ago, they asked me about this kind of matter. They were frustrated because they were praying for certain family members. And I told them, stop praying for your family members. Practice this first. And pray especially for the Lord's move then, according to the Lord's leading, spend time to pray for your family members. If there's time and if there's leading. The, Lord, the Lord's heart is for your boys. Amen. The Lord's heart is for all our children. Amen. Sometimes we need to forget about them. Just leave them to the Lord. Amen. Yeah. And trust the prayers that we've prayed, good enough. Ask, Lord, let others pray for my son. I will pray for him. This I know. This I know. And the Lord will do wonders. The Lord will do wonders. This is the
1: principle of inquiry. Uh, Saints, I'd just like to give a short testimony. Uh, based on what Ricky said, this, this, uh, this fellowship was so precious, wasn't it? And, Saints, uh, I just want to say, just very briefly, we need to treasure our personal time with the Lord. We really need to treasure. Brother Lee treasured his personal fellowship with the Lord. Even he treasured uh, the time he studied the Word. You know, one time I was with him, and he said, Ed, now you and I are going to study the Bible together. And I go, wow. Then he said, Roman numeral 1, and I wrote down Roman numeral 1. And I realized he studies the Bible by making outlines. Well, we were there, and somebody rang the doorbell while we were, you know, while he was studying the Bible. And he said, that's the devil. <laughs> and I didn't want to look to see who it was. <laughs> but he had the consciousness that, that any kind of interruption to his personal time or his personal time of studying the Word was something of the enemy to interrupt that, and that's why we need to, like Ricky said. I, it, this really troubles me. We we really need to turn off our cell phones. We uh, that really troubles me that that we would do what Ricky said, like we would. Oh, I got a call. Or just think of the just think of the disciples did that. The Lord speaking Matthew five through seven said, "Wait a second, Lord. Uh, it's Ricky." <laughs> Uh, you know, you would miss. They would. We wouldn't have Matthew five through seven. We wouldn't have Matthew thirteen. We wouldn't have Matthew twenty four and twenty five because they were occupied with texting. You know, and uh, I see people texting in the meetings sometimes. I mean, that's that's just that is terrible. That is terrible. Uh, you know, when we're in the meetings, we're in the presence of God, and you can't. It's just like he said. You you wouldn't be rude and just. Walk away from someone while you were talking to them, right? And in the same way with the Lord, he's, he's a person, right? He's a living, precious, actual person in our spirit. And we need, we need to treasure our time with him. Uh, I, isn't this wonderful, all these points Ricky shared? I really enjoyed this. Behold and inquire. It's really good. Behold to get infused with God. And then, when you get infused with God, you can inquire of God. You can inquire of God. And anyway, I just say that much.